Welcome everyone. You're listening to The River Podcast, where you can find messages to help you strengthen your walk with Christ and refresh your soul. Here's our message from this past week. Anyway, I am really excited to be here. See, I've been waiting to know when to wear my boots. And a regular Wednesday night choir rehearsal is just a little too stomping around and there's not space, but I figured I'll wear my boots for you all. I'm trying to feel younger. I do whatever I can. And then these come out and then I'm like, oh yes, that's right. So for anyone who wants to know, I'm 58 years of age. Yes, yes. When I came up behind Brother Will, and he was kind of like, whoa, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I do not normally come, but I'm going to come another night. Who are the other women? I can't wait. Awesome. Oh, man, I'm going to be back. That's, that's so great. Anyway, yeah, it's great to be here. I thank you so much. I, I love what um, you were saying, Pastor Jamil, at the end of worship, and again, I have I'm, I'm challenged, as are you, with the phone. But it made me remember a scripture, Job 5, 9, when it says, He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. And I'm going to speak for a few minutes, and then I really want to see God perform. I want to see him perform for us. We think if we can get on the platform with a microphone, then we're going to perform and think God's going to exalt us to the next thing. We're going to write a big song and then we're going to come famous or whatever. No, just be, just be willing, just be a vessel unto the Lord. So um, I want to talk about tonight, kind of an unusual word. Most of the time, I'm such a type A personality that I would be something like, I don't know, accelerate or moving forward with God or looking to the future. But tonight, I want to tell you to remember, to remember. Now, I thought, Lord, why am I telling young people to remember? They haven't gotten to the stage of life that I'm in. But I, I just believe this is for you tonight, so I'm just going to be obedient to it. Uh, if you see me reading, don't be surprised. I have some notes here, and I want to move quickly, so I'm looking at the time because I'm trying to also be careful with my time. So I want to start, Christiane, we have a verse right for Psalm 77:11, and it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. You know, when I think of that verse, I think, wow, the, I will consider all your works and meditate, the works of the Lord himself, of Christ. So what do we have to refer to for his works? We go, oh, well, he was here on earth, of course, in the flesh. But really, he only was ministering and doing his ministry for three years. Can you imagine that all of the information that we have on this very thing he did in three years. This perfect, pers- this perfect, you know, what do you call him? The Lord, he's perfect in every way. So as we move forward with thinking of remember, part of the reason I keep going to this word is for all of us, we've come through, I am so tired of even saying the word pandemic, but we have come through, if we had gone back to 2019, the very end of 2019. And we said, the next three years are going to be this, 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 this. You're going to be shut up in your home. Yeah, that's right. And your kids won't be in school at all. And then this is going to happen. None of us would have believed it. We didn't even know what a pandemic was. I mean, SARS, you know, who heard about, we heard about that. We knew that was something important. But none of us were prepared. I was, I was the least prepared. I promise you, you all did better than me. And so if we look back and we remember, first I want us to remember what never changes. Remember what never changes. Psalm 105 says, His faithfulness continues through all generations. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change. Everything around you is changing all the time. Recreate yourself. Get your hair done. Get this done. Change, 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 change. Oh, I, I want to be a guy today. Okay, well, I'll wear boy clothes and I'll walk around. I did. Oh, I wasn't going to go there, but I went there. Okay. 
So Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not human that he would lie. He is not, yeah. He would not be like us and ever tell a lie. Can you even imagine that? Christ never lied either. He was perfect. Or that he showed to change his mind. God doesn't change his mind. And you know, he doesn't change his mind about you either. He doesn't change his mind about what you did last week or how you fell into this temptation. He knows and he does not change his mind about anything. He knows us. He loves us. Isaiah 40, 28 says, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will, not out, he will never, ever grow weary. I mean, we're tired just, you know, just get in the car and get to work. We're tired. His understanding, no one can fathom. There's that word again, fathom. How do you wrap your head around who God is? I mean, if you went, went around, a lot of people ask, okay, uh, what do you think about Jesus? They asked Elon Musk the other day. I heard that he was, he was interviewed by a bunch of Christian pastors and, or somebody, and they were trying to put Elon Musk and say, we got to get you in the Christian category, so we're going to ask you all these questions. And he wasn't taking it. That wasn't, that's not, you know, just because he, he's taken over Twitter does not mean that he's born again Christian. Isn't it crazy how we classify people? And oh, because we agree with that, then you must think exactly like I do. And please give me a break, right? All right. So again, I get onto my own little words there. So all of those verses that I just mentioned are all things, again, like we talked about all the names of God, like you were talking about. It's just to say, he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13, 8, by the way. Remember that every day. Everything else around me is shifting and changing, more challenging. Everything costs more. Everything seems harder. What am I going to do about this in three months? I mean, everything is at once, but yet he remains the same. He never changes. He doesn't waver. That should bring us comfort, right? This culture since the mid-1960s has been trying very hard to recreate, as I said, recreate themselves, dress themselves up. We want to change our image. Now, when I was in high school, we had a little different motivation. Now, when you girls get ready to go to a party where all your friends are, how much about your evening has to do with social media and what will be put out about how you looked, the 18,000 selfies you took on the way to the event, in the car, and getting the right angle, and all this. Well, when I was a kid, we dressed up and fixed up so we could go to church, see all the cute boys, or whatever it was we were doing. And we went to experience it then and now. We didn't do it, so three days later. So I could tell you a lot about how really messed up you are. Really, seriously. You know, like 95% of all of that stuff on your phone is all useless. It has no eternal value whatsoever. It will not, in fact, it, it does more to tear you down. It does more to, to make you feel bad about yourself. This is not in my notes. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so it, back then we were authentic. We were really the authentic people. You know, I had no clue. I had frizzy, curly, wavy hair. Now it's coiffed and everything now, but it, it's like uncontrollable. So she, yeah, there it is. Thank you. She doesn't even have, she doesn't even have a quarter of my hair in the picture. Okay, so there's Jennifer, by the way. That is Jenny. So isn't there some others, like, younger? So that was my first piano playing. You know, I started when I was eight months old. No, I'm kidding. And that's my sissy, and that was me with my long, long hair. I was, what? No, that's me. I was, I was literally, this story is true. My, I was playing in the woods across the street with all the boys because all the, all the kids on the street were boys. Okay, and I had to walk to school with them too. And this one kid, every time I would get ready to leave, and we're wrapped, I mean, snow, I, I was in Canada, like east, you know, 
I was in New Brunswick. So a lot of times, you know, we had to go to the snow boots, and you had to put everything on. And this one little boy, Stephen, every single time I'd go to his house to pick him up and we'd walk to the schoolyard together, he'd have to blow his nose with his mom at the door. Like, I'm like, how horrible is that? I mean, I was embarrassed for him that he had to do that. All right, so the photographer came by the house unannounced, like just going through the neighborhood, like, uh, I don't know, like a ice cream truck. And would you like your picture taken? So my mom grabs me out of the woods. She finds me. I am filthy dirty, I'm sure, running around. She's like just wiping me down. She throws that dress on me and sits me on the coffee table and says, look cute. And there I am. Pretty good, huh? You also notice I had a huge space between my teeth that later was fixed. I had the Lauren Hutton at that time. And my, my brother used to say, oh, you could drive a Mack truck between you know, my teeth. It was really bad. Okay, are there any others? Is there any other sadness? Yeah, oh, okay, now this is the Adams Family picture of my family. I don't know what's wrong with it, but everything is wrong with it. And as you can see, I'm there to the right of my father, my sister, oh, that, my poor sister. Oh, she was going through that you know, stage. And then my brother with the bowl on his head haircut and my mother with the bouffant. And what else is there to say? Okay, so that's good. Thank you, Christiane. I'm telling you, that is how it really was. We had one shot to get that picture. <laughs> and let's not even talk about uh, school pictures and how horrible the, that experience was. So we're always wanting to recreate and change things. So um, have you ever heard the saying, a picture's worth a thousand words, right? With our camera phones and everything else. Do you know in the UK they have, I watch so much British television, it's really bad, like these shows like Vera, and she, she goes around, she's got these raggedy boots, and, and, and you know what you should do? You need multiple hats, because Vera wears this signature hat, it's all raggedy, and they have several because they keep losing the hat. So you need backup hats everywhere. Have some behind the drum cage there, and then you'll be good. <laughs> anyway, so uh, as I was saying, in the UK, they have these cameras everywhere. They call it, what do they call them? CC camera, CCTV, whatever, cameras. So if anybody does anything in London, they catch them pretty much right away because there's cameras literally at every corner. So remember that. So I'm not telling you to be old school like me or to completely get off social media, but like I said, 95% of it is entertainment. Imagine for a minute if Steve Jobs had not had the vision that he had. He created a way for us to connect um, that has transformed everything. But remember, with all the good it's brought, it's brought in the evil. It's brought in the plan of the enemy at the same time. You know, when Russia, when the wall came down in Russia, all of a sudden people were flooding into Russia. And at the time my cousin was living there, he wasn't living for God, but he was importing and exporting out of Russia and making a ton of money. He lost it all. Of course, he gave his heart back to Jesus. And first thing Jesus does, takes all the money away uh, because he wants to make sure that your heart is right. But um, at that time, everyone was like, oh, all the Christians flood to Russia. But so did the porn industry and so did everything else. So many times we look at them, we go, oh, what would we do without technology? But just be careful about that. Do you know that when Steve Jobs died of a very aggressive cancer, with all that he had, with everything around him, he died just like you and I will die one day. Just like anybody will die. Well, Hopefully I'll die, you know, feel the angels come and get me. But do you know what the last word out of his mouth was? Understood to be that I heard? It was one word, and it was wow. He said, wow. He didn't say, come Lord Jesus. He said, wow. Now, I many times think, what does that mean? I mean, does that mean he saw a glimpse of something? Wow could mean great, and wow could mean wow. So we don't know. But one day... Just like anything else, that's one thing that he couldn't buy his way out of. Is that right? And I sure hope he found the Lord. I'm not saying, I do not, I'm all for an 11th hour conversion. We'll see what, we'll see what the whole story was one day. So in his life too, he was constantly searching for something. So number one, again, remember what 
never changes. If you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember the three little points. Remember what never changes. So, number two, remember who God is. Remember who God is. We know he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's the source. And he doesn't have a source. Have you thought about that? He doesn't need to plug in anywhere else. Why? Because he is the source. God is our source. He will neutralize all other power because his power is the greatest. He's omnipresent. He's not bound by space or time. He's omniscient means he's all-knowing. And he has no constraint whatsoever by time. So he knows from the moment before you were even conceived in your mother's womb to today to 20 years from now, where you'll be, what you'll look like, where you'll, what you'll be doing, how you're going to be effective for the kingdom or how you're going to be strung out or how you're going to be breaking, uh, you know, at the end of your marriage or we're all going to be in victory, right? Right? Okay. Don't ever leave the Lord. Don't ever walk away from him. So remember that he is God. You know, I think about it, how, and even when I was going through a really tough time about a, a year and a half ago, how, to, again, like I said, how do we understand the scope of the awesomeness of God, of who he is? And so a lot of times people get confused because they're like, you know, how do I know God? Because he's so big. Like, how does he have time for me? And that sounds so parochial, but we think that way sometimes. Right? I mean, sometimes it just seems like I can understand my relationship with Christ, but God, well, that's just, you know, too big. So I want you to look at the seven, there are seven things. They're called the I am's of God. And I just want to center on one of them. You know, it says, I am, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I'm the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. And I am the true vine. But I want to look at one in particular, and that is that he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Every day about 10 to 11 a.m., I get a phone call, and I pick it up. Voice on the other end says, uh, hey, I'm just checking in, and how's it going? What do you have planned for today? Well, my mother's about to be 90 years old, so she doesn't have a lot to do during the day. So she calls me between 10 and 11. We plan like what we're going to do on Friday because that's our day. We go shopping or do whatever she needs to do, so we'll have a talk. When I pick up the phone, again, forget cell phones and the fact there's a picture of her on there for a minute. But back in my day, you pick up the phone, I hear her voice, I know her voice. As soon as I hear it, if your mom calls you, you know right away, right? You know her voice. I think more than any other connection or person, you know the sound of the voice, of her voice, of your best friend's voice. So we know and understand that. So I'm, there's no mistaking it. So it says, I am the good shepherd. John 10 talks about it and it says, the sheep follow him because they know his voice, right? So there's this great scene in a movie that I love and I love old, not old movies, I love period films, but not fantasy, not this crazy stuff. No, I don't like that. But I like great films um, like Tom Hardy films or Jane Austen. I know you're like bore, boring, so boring. So I made all the choir ladies come and in the theater. I, I bought out the theater and we took the choir girls and we watched Pride and Prejudice, the one with Kira Knightley. Okay. So we watched that and what should I say? Some of my sisters, they were like, uh, I don't know about that movie, Beth. I said, okay, just be cool. And there's that one beautiful scene when Mr. Darcy takes her hand to help her into the carriage. And a touch in, back in those days was as erotic as anything you can imagine. Why? Because they did not touch them like that. They didn't touch each other. So in that movie, did I say the word erotic? Oh, Lord. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Okay. So anyway, sure enough, grabs her hand and I heard Natalie go, Woo, oh, 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 I like that. And, they, and she was hooked. She was hooked. She's like, oh, I love that movie. Why? Because it's so pure and it's so untainted like 
the things of today that are so sensualized constantly. I mean, the, the, the stuff that is coming out is not teaching us how to have a relationship. It's not teaching us how to find a spouse. Okay, so I know all about The Bachelor. Okay, but think a minute. One guy dates 20 other girls, and then there's five girls. How in the world is that going to end up, if anything, good? It's really twisted, really, when you think about it. So then I stumbled on this other show the other day, and I watched about five minutes of it just to see what it was about. It was called The Ultimatum. Has anyone seen that? Okay, that's when they bring, like, two, all these couples... And the girl or the guy is saying, I'm giving you an ultimatum. We've dated a long time. We either get married or we break up. And I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. So they, the host of the show, I, as soon as I saw where it was going, I literally turned it off because I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. They were literally going to have them break up and start dating one another. Like six couples. And I'm like, oh, now I've heard it all. Like, totally. There is nothing out there in the world that tells you what the word of God will tell you, will tell you. And there was a time in my life when I thought, oh, you know, I know the scriptures. You know, I, I basically have a minor in Bible from my college degree, which, you know, I don't know what it's worth now, but uh, in music, but my secondary was in Bible. But, you know, until I got into my 50s, I really didn't love the word like I love the word today because because it's, it's just so hard. You know, when you get busy in your life, doing your life, even in ministry, you can really, really just kind of ride along, you know, and things start to kind of fall off. It's like when you're in the bike and the spokes, you know, everything starts falling off of the back of the bike. That's how it was kind of feeling for me. I was doing it so much for years kind of by rote, but I didn't even realize. I wasn't living in sin. I wasn't doing anything that anybody would turn their head to, but I was stone cold. I was stone cold. Did I still love the Lord? Of course. I love God with everything in me, but I wasn't taking it for myself. I was constantly giving it and giving it and giving it. And I know we're talking about ministry, and a lot of times for some of us, we're going, well, I'm not looking to go into ministry. It doesn't matter what, it, what field you go into. You're going to be in ministry if you love Jesus. If you love the Lord and he is the priority of your life, you don't have to close up shop and get into the ministry. You only go in the ministry if you are called to do that type of work. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I really wouldn't. That's why, that's why, you know, for Daniel, we didn't say, Daniel, Daniel, you are going to preach the gospel. Da, 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 da. One day, if God does that with him, God will do it. It won't be the work of, of me beating him over the head to say to do it. No. Because they all had to find, you know, their own way. Jennifer went the way she went because we were very hard. You're always hard on the first one. Be careful. We were very, you know, we were very tough on Jen, you know. And, but yet I see where God has brought her. So I know even, even that we didn't always get it perfect as parents. I think we did a pretty good job. I can say that. But you never get it just right. You know, there are always sacrifices. And there are always time. I mean, there were about three or four years I was taking care of my sister who was sick in my home. And Susan was pretty much, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think Jenny did raise her for a few years. Because I was so taken with burdens and with life and with church. Well, wait a minute. Church is a good thing. Not if you're phoning it in, it's not. If you're phoning it in, it's not a good thing. And I don't want to give you the idea, oh, I was just, you know, I was away from God. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can be in the middle of it and yet your worship is just not flowing. It's not happening. But yet, if you're in one of those seasons, it's normal. It's normal to have that. You just don't want to stay there. You want to continue to press in. So, again, I'm, I digress off my notes. I'm sorry. So, we just were mentioning that the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So, num first of all, in this, uh, this isn't really on the screen, so don't worry about it. The sheep follow. 
Now, one thing I know about sheep, oh, I digress because I was talking about the movie. Okay, far from the madding crowd, you're like, what is a madding crowd? Don't ask, okay. It's a great film, it happened in England, and it was a book, and so the book, the story is Mr. Oak. Mr. Oak is so handsome, by the way. Okay, but Mr. Oak keeps sheep, so he's a shepherd of all of these sheep, and he's trying to get the sheep ready so that he can sell the farm and hopefully marry the girl that lives next door, right? Okay, you know, what a great story. So he is training this dog to... What is it when they corrode them all together? Gather them together? Herd them together, right. So he's training this new dog, but the dog is a bad dog. In other words, the dog is just crazy. So the dog jumps over the fence, rips the fence open. All the sheep just go off around over the hill. Mr. Oak wakes up because he hears them all, you know, going. So he jumps out of bed. He goes running, 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 running to the top of the hill. But all of the sheep had gone over the edge, running after that dog, and all went to their death at the, over the cliff. I'm not saying sheep are dumb, but sheep just follow, right? Now, one thing that's interesting about sheep is they have what they call uh, rectangle pupils. So they actually can see almost like 360. So you'd think they really know what's going on, but sheep are not real bright animals, I'm sorry. And we are sheep. He's the shepherd and we're the sheep. So that's, you know, that can go both ways. I understand. So the sheep know the shepherd's voice. As I was talking about my mom, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Now, if there's a bunch of sheep and Christ as a good shepherd is the vision that you see, right? And he is, what does it say? He'll Leave the 99 and he'll go after the one. That's the kind of shepherd that he is. Now, if there's a hired hand that is watching over the sheep and he's not the good shepherd, he's just kind of hanging out and watching them, then the foxes get in and they begin to stir up everything that's going on. So we need to remember who God is. We have to remember what never changes, but thirdly, we have to remember who we are. You have to remember who you are. Now, why would it end with us? There's a reason that I did it that way. First of all, I want you to think back um, to where you were born for a minute. I want you to think back to your beginnings. I want you to think about your mom and your dad your brothers, your sisters for a second. Because I don't believe we can even move forward spiritually unless we think right now where we at, we are, where we are of where we came from. Remember, we're talking about remember. So I want everybody to think for a moment on your upbringing and your childhood and what memories that brings. For some, it's mundane. For some, it's controlling because your parents were very you know, very strong on you. For some, you may have even felt neglect. For some, it was picture perfect and wonderful. But for many of us, there's some sorrow to go back and think about that. There are some, some really deep wounds that we have experienced. You know, a lot of times when celebrities are interviewed, and I find this with ball players or it, really anybody, they'll always say, oh, well, he's the same Shaq as he always was. He's the same guy from whatever town they're from. And they always say that. And I'm like, how, how's that possible with $500 million? You know, like figure that out. Like how can they be the same person? But for a moment, I want you to go back to that person for a second. And think about where you've come, because unless we go back, we can't see what God has already done to this point. So start with your home. Um, what challenge, what disappointments did you grow up with? How you address those, it takes time and it takes hard work, believe me, I know. Because I tried to skim over a lot in my life. I tried to just glide the, like 2018, 2019, and my diagnosis of cancer, and then staff problems at church, and then what else? Oh, yeah, my sister gets a diagnosis that 
is so bad and that I might not have my sister for long. And you could just add on. It just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. And people would say to me, Beth, like, what is going on? Like, your family has gone through something. And then, of course, Jennifer's jaw. I mean, that was kind of the beginning of it because she was, she was living in pain every day. And I found myself in North Carolina with my mom. We were visiting. And again, I didn't plan to share this, but you know, we all have our story, right? So I had gone there and I, I thought something is off because I was nervous to fly. Hadn't, hadn't flown in a while, truthfully. And I was nervous like to make sure mom was okay. And I get there and I'm staying at my niece's beautiful new home and my mom is over at my brother's. And there was just this like heaviness sitting on me. Like I'd never, ever experienced ever I am just like my father. Everything, if you ask, how are you, Beth? I'm great. Everything's great. Oh, I'm wonderful. Everything is wonderful. My dad always looked at everything that way. Positivity. I mean, my dad, he could get you so up and excited about what God is doing because he was just infectious, right? I mean, he had, I'm, I'm not that person, but I tr I've always been very positive and very happy. And I'm feeling just this pit in my stomach. And during that time, Jen was calling and she, she was so low and I just kept trying to fix it and trying, as I've done with everything, trying to fix, fix, fix and encourage and say the right word. And, oh, that wasn't the right word. She got upset. And next time I call, I'm just going to let her talk. And so it started like that. And I even, I even told my cousin, because uh, my niece, because we're very close and um, she, she doesn't have a husband and kids. Her husband walked off on her. And um, now she's singing at Elevation in um, Winston-Salem. And she's a registered nurse. And we've become very close because my brother always says, she's your mini-me, you know. So we're talking. And I just told her, I said, I don't know why I feel this way. And we didn't go too far into it. And I didn't know why. And so I, we came back. And then, okay, you're into January. My sister gets her diagnosis, and then you're into February. And then you're into March. And by March of 2020, we were starting to film the services. We were starting to figure out what was going on with the church and how we were going to navigate all that. And I would come, and I would prepare the service, and we'd play. And one day, I remember we were going to do an extra worship set, record in the sanctuary, because we decided not to stream, but to record the service. So we're going through all the motions, and that's when the wig came off and my hair was this short, and, and that didn't bother me at all. That wasn't, had nothing to do with it. But I just felt this, oh, just heavy. And I also noticed that after playing, like, for a few songs, I was so worn out, I literally had to go out and sit out in, in the seats and Natalie and Elkie are fanning me, and I'm like, what is wrong? Is it the change of life? What is going on? So um, from there, I basically spiraled because I went back home. I lay down in bed. I get up. I go to the kitchen. I come back in the room, and I lay down in bed. I had no ambition to do anything. And I am like a multitasker. Like I like a lot to do. I don't like to sit around, but I just, I felt nothing. And then I began to feel over the weeks as it went on, I began to have sleep deprivation to the point I didn't sleep. If you added it all up for eight weeks, for eight weeks, I barely slept. So you don't think the enemy comes in, <laughs> in a situation like that. And it wasn't because I was Beth Boykin, but I'll tell you, it was like I had a target on my back because I knew, now I can look back and say, I know exactly when he did it and how he did it. He comes in and he tells you, you're never going to be able to retire comfortably. You're never going to be, be able to do this because of this. Daniel and Gabby, well, they're not going to get married. How are they going to get married in COVID? He just started firing these things in my mind like unbelievable and I thought, is this just me? Like, where is this coming from? And the feeling of inadequacy, and you're like, yeah, Miss Beth, but you play the piano and you have ta talent. Anything, all of it has nothing to do with it. Once he gets in your mind and begins to tell you these things, and you buy into it and you believe it, or you repeat it, 
You repeat it. He's got you. Don't ever repeat a lie of the enemy. Never, ever. Don't give way to that. Because it became to a point when my husband didn't know what to do with me. And I would really just kind of glare at him because I had no sleep. I had black circles around my eyes that were so deep. I looked literally like a raccoon. I'm not kidding. And my cousin came over from Tampa because she's like my other sister. So she came over. You want to talk about a woman that knows how to take control. And she took over and she fixed meals for me every day. And I slumped to the table like some pitiful, sad creature and would eat. And you're like, and I know you're looking at me like, I don't even believe this is Beth, but I lived it. I lived it. And it, I won't say how far it, it went because it's, it's hard to talk about. But basically, if I heard, let's put it this way. If I heard a siren outside, I live right over here in Palmetto. If I heard, and I heard, they were going all day long. Why? Because all these people thought they were having a heart attack or thought they were dying. So the ambulances are going you don't think that's true. I went, to the, oh, I went to the emergency room and they literally were bringing us through like cattle. They didn't charge anybody. You know why? Because they knew people were dealing with depression like off the chain. I never got a bill. I went in, I told the guy straight up, you're not supposed to tell you're depressed if, uh, you, know, if you wanna keep your insurance and all those things. I was like, yeah, I'm depressed. Um, yeah, I just told him. They gave me a Xanax and sent me home. I took one. There was a bottle of five. I never took another one because I hate pills with everything in me. So I was very resistant to getting any help or anything like that. So my cousin came over. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to the rest of this, but that's okay. So I have the same paper. Well, actually, she sent me this. I'm so glad I found this because I was looking for it. I'm a, per I'm a paper and pen person a lot. Like, I wouldn't want to read this if I typed it up. It has to be, like, just something I scribbled down. But she made me read this, guys, when I was catatonic. She put this in my hand. She goes, these are the I am's. I want you to read them out loud. <laughs> Did I mention she's a Bible scholar, my cousin? No, she, she will never get, probably get up here and preach in front of you. She knows more Bible than anybody I've ever known. She plays trivia with me, and she just kills me. Kills me. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, darn it. Yeah, it's Elizabeth. Okay. Anyway, so um, I want to read these, okay? But just let me finish real quick. So Joshua 24, 15. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose yourselves today which you will worship, who you will worship. You know the little saying that says, as for me in my house. You need to. Find that at Hobby Lobby and stick it up there. I believe that positive, positive confession is real. Why does the word say, ask what you want and you shall have it? But yet we don't. We say, never, you know, this is the worst thing with husbands and wives. And you'll know one day. Because wives love to say, you never Help me clean the garage. You never, da, 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 da. And don't say that because he did once, remember? <laughs> remember, Marsha? Remember he did that once. Okay. They're like, you're preaching too close to home. But seriously. So, with all these disappointments, I would tell you this. A lot of people in church will give you the spiritual uh, they'll tell you the seven laws and, or they'll tell you all these things and say, you know, well, you just need to get over it and you need to, you need more of the Holy Spirit, you know? And that's true. We all need more of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you have no power. So believe me, I'm all for that. But don't travel too far from your own reality. Why? Because we live in a very corrupt culture and we need some light. You've got to be the light. I am telling you, Susan, a while back, this was a real, for me, one of those moments when your kid does something really good that you're just like, oh, you're busting. And I really never shared it very much, but she was in a speech class over here at Palm Beach State. So the first speech 
of course, was about Miley Cyrus. I'm like, and of course, the teacher, the teacher is like flipping out. The kids are like, woo, because you know she made it very interesting and she wore the whole getup and the wig and the whole thing. And she knows everything about her. So, you know, and I know that's kind of crazy, right? But I just kind of let her get it out of her system, you know? But the next speech came up and it was kind of the final. And she decided to do a complete change. And she, I didn't know until after she gave the speech. Her speech was, who is Jesus Christ? And the teacher, all of a sudden, instead of going, woo, woo, he was like this. So I said, well, what are all the other kids doing? And she's like, well, half of them were kind of like really with me and going, wow, yeah, wow, that's cool. And then the rest of them were kind of like, checking their nails and looking at their phones and whatever else. And in that moment, I'm like, and she told me some of the things she said. I was like, wow, I am so like thrilled, you know, because that's just how it is with our kids. We think, why are they following this person? As long as they're following Christ, you know, that as long as you follow Jesus and that he is the, he is the main person in your life. And there aren't these other things that we fall into. So remember who you are. So, what does Jesus say we are? It says, I am a child of God. Okay? Now, everything I say has a scripture behind it. So, I'm not going to read every reference, but believe me, they're all there. Romans, you know, Romans, some. Okay. So, the first one says, I am a child of God. I am redeemed from the, from the hand of the enemy. Amen. Psalm 107. I am forgiven. I am saved by grace. I am justified. I am sanctified. Now, sanctification is a process. We're all still moving through that process. So what is sanctification? It is the, it is the reaching and moving towards holiness. To sanctify means what can I do this morning when I wake up to be more like Christ? That's it. You know, when I went through, through the depression, it got to the point I had to get professional help. And most of you know that. So I went away to this place. I was locked up for two weeks, not in a, I'm not stayed home. I wasn't like over in the corner, you know, with no bed sheets or anything. It was a beautiful place. It was a Christian place. And for two weeks, I was just sitting there. And I totally forgot my train of thought of what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, it'll come back to me. But sanctification is that walking through process that we go through. Amen? So I will just tell you what I was just talking about. Um, when I was there... There were all these other women and men. And I was, you know, in a room by myself because of COVID. I didn't have a roommate. So that was a good thing, I guess, in the moment. And my counselor would come in to talk to me because I was supposed to go to her. But again, because I was such a sad, pathetic case, I just uh, <laughs> just sat in the bed and talked to her. She was a wonderful lady. And, and as the weeks wore on, I opened up more to her. Very, I mean, I can talk. And even we had group, you know, just like you have therapy, right? You have group with other women. Some of these girls, they just wouldn't talk. So finally I'm like, okay, so I don't feel like I got anything, but I can talk. Okay, so I start talking. And then the, I realized I wasn't ready yet, but I thought before I leave this place, God is going to actually use me <laughs> some way. I don't know how. And women were coming to me and saying, Beth, why don't you come out and eat with us instead of eating in your room? Youth pastors' wives and realtors and pastors of big churches that were there because they were so discouraged and depressed or their marriages were breaking up or they were, had substance abuse or they were addicted to something. I'm not talking about dirty, 
ugly people. I'm talking about the cream of the crop that were there and they were hurting. And these girls would come around and they're like, please, Beth, come out. Please come out. And so I did. And one of the girls, she won't care and it doesn't matter now. Her name was Tressa. She was from farm town, like in Illinois. And because she went to a mental health facility, she her husband lost his job as a youth pastor because she was trying to get her life together. So it's interesting how God's grace works. I have to get this out. But after the quarantine time was over, we had to do our watching things on the iPad and I, I hated it because the music was so awful. <laughs> and these guys playing guitars and I was just like, oh Lord, like I'm supposed to worship God. And the, or it was an old lady and she was saying, <laughs> she was saying who, who you say I am. And she was singing it like Ethel Merman. So how does that song go again? Yes. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child. So I either had the two guys on the guitars who were so out of tune or the lady, you know. So I'm like, God, I'm trying to connect with you and I have to listen to this. So it was quite humorous. And then people came up to me and they said, hey, we hear you do that lady. Do it for us. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in big trouble. So let me put it this way. When I left the area where we're quarantined, right, and I come to this beautiful cabin. And once I moved, see, I was still very lightheaded. They were taking my blood pressure constantly. I was dropping about a pound a day. And I was, uh, I won't tell you my, what my weight was, but I was getting skinny. And I, uh, when I got to the other side, I was fearful because then it meant I had to walk everywhere. I promise I'm closing. I had to go everywhere and just walk through a hot, hot Florida sun, right? So when I came across, I didn't know who my roommate would be. And I thought, oh, God, please put me with the alcoholics, you know? Like, please, God, because some of those girls, they're just wild and young and crazy. So I thought, oh, God, you know, I know you know who the person is. So this one girl is the girl I connected with, Tressa. I had no idea who they would put me with. And I walked into that cabin, and I went inside, and I didn't know where she was because she was probably at the, a meeting or something. And I look over, and I see her Crocs sitting by the bed. And I'm like, oh, I'm with Tressa. Like, that was the grace of God. Why? Because I knew I was going to become her mom and that she had helped me get to the point that I was. And a little later, you know, she really she was really into singing and she wrote a song. So I helped, helped her put it to music. And it was just a great experience. We didn't get any, into each other's private stuff at all. But, you know, one night I came home and I knew she was back to the room and I knew she was doubting God. And I said, Tressa, he's real. Tressa, he's real. He's real. So that's what I would say to you tonight. He's real. This is not, you can tell this is not a carefully crafted message. God wants to have a relationship with you. He does not want it to be status quo. He doesn't want you to come here because you do it every Thursday night. He wants you to listen to the word that this man is bringing and apply it every day to your life. You need to listen to the good shepherd. What is he saying to you? So I would say to this, this to you tonight, what do you want from God? What do you want God to do in your life? What are you expecting from God? Because if you don't ask him and you don't step forward and tell him what you want, you won't have it. Why? Because he's a gentleman. He doesn't come in and say, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. We have to tell him what we want. But we need to think about what we're asking, right? So for some tonight, and I felt this in the car on the way here, for some of you tonight, um, there is a separation from God right now. And that separation is almost always sin. 
And in the church, we have the nice sins and then we have the bad sins. We have the murder and the da-da-da. Those are bad, right? Infidelity, sexual perversion. But then we have the acceptable sins like gossip and backbiting and bearing false witness against your neighbor and all that stuff. It's all sin. It's all sin. I do believe that sexual depravity though has its own consequences. Why? I believe that, I've read a lot on it. And I believe that it is because of the soul ties that happen in an intimate relationship before you are ready to do that in a marriage. That's it, that's all. You're never gonna get any other socialized gospel from me. And that, on that note, I wanna ask you tonight, if you wanna come forward, I want you to ask God what you have need of. And first though, I want you to acknowledge your need. If you have, thank you. If you have a need right now in your life that if God doesn't show up, in the next 24 hours, then there's a problem. And then some, if God doesn't show up by the end of the month of where you're gonna live, what you're gonna do, what is the next step, then you also need to ask God. And I don't care if you do it at your seat or you come forward. But if you need to tell God what you want, I want you to stand up where you are. Tell him. He will never leave you or forsake you. Let's get rid of all of the hypocrisy that we see, and but yet let's never let hypocrisy in a church or in a group keep us from Jesus, from him, just being with him. And if I can pray with anybody tonight, if you're dealing with heaviness in your thoughts or depression, I'm not gonna tell you, oh, I've got all the answers on that point, but I can, I can tell you I've been there and I can talk to you. So if, if you're dealing with depression, I want you to come forward, otherwise stay in your seat. Anybody who's dealing with the area of depression, which was not even in my topic tonight, but it's my God story and you need to come forward, it's gonna take, take some strength and it's gonna take courage. But if we're ashamed of him, he will, be, he will look different on us. Let's not be ashamed. Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the River YA. All of our links to keep in touch are down below. We hope this blessed you and we'll see you next time at the river. Come find life.